In this episode of Modern Practice, we'll examine the advanced math that drives the national performance. Rating organizations track thousands of metrics on each hospital, attempt to run these through analytic programs, and spit out grades. It's a confusing jumble, but we're here to help you make sense of it. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Principal Operations and Quality at Vizian and Practicing Internist. Joining us again is Dr. Rick May, Senior Principal of Clinical Quality Improvement at Vizian. Rick, welcome back. Tom, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So in the last episode, we talked about the increase in the number of national scorecards, and there could be thousands of metrics for each hospital. What are the challenges in making sense of these metrics? Well, I'll tell you, Tom, it's a real, real challenge for hospitals these days. As you mentioned, there are so many different metrics and so many different timeframes and so many different caveats in terms of what goes into the metrics, the inclusions, the exclusions, the weights, all the different pieces that go into it. It really becomes a very, very difficult challenge for hospitals to manage. One of the biggest things we talk with hospitals about is to say, listen, it's important to recognize what are you really trying to achieve? You can't necessarily pursue every single metric and every single scorecard. So really have some internal discussions, decide for you, for your hospital, for your market, what are the scorecards that really matter the most? Let's talk about ways to focus the efforts really to narrow that list of thousands down to hundreds, hopefully hundreds down to a couple of dozen maybe at the most, and really be able to concentrate the resources we have in the areas that make the biggest difference to hospitals. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me. But who collects and provides the data used for these scorecards? Tom, it's interesting. It seems like almost everybody needs to collect something. Right. There are so many different sources for what go into this. Clearly, there are systems like, for example, that Medicare pulls in their own billing data, which populates certain parts of the scorecard for them. And that Medicare data gets used in other ways by different scoring systems. But at the same time, it's not all just the Medicare data, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's things like the patient satisfaction scores, we call the HCAP scores. That has to be pulled in generally from a separate source. There's other national sources we have to pull the data in from as well, besides is the CMS data. And beyond that, when you look past things like the CMS stars, when you look at LeapFrog, when you look at U.S. News, now you're talking about metrics in hospitals, things like, hey, do we have ICU specialists working in the ICU? Do all of our employees have flu vaccinations? So the challenge is that the data sources now become really a huge, broad spectrum of areas you have to tap into. The short answer to your question is the data comes from multiple sources inside the hospital, outside the hospital, different types of payer data, different types of nationally reported data. And so the bottom line is to get a really complete picture for all the different scorecards, you have to tap into really somewhere between about five and eight major separate sources to find that data. So if you're looking at multiple sources of data, that kind of tells me there's limitations to the data then. Is that the case? It's like any data. I think the challenge is what the data is revealing is absolutely critical and important. It's important to look at it in detail. But at the same time, you have to recognize that there are limitations to the data. The data can't sample everything. And for the most part, most of the data we see in these public scorecards is really essentially related to billing data. It's pulled off of that stuff that gets submitted by the hospitals in order to bill to the payers. So you have to recognize the fact that while, again, the data has value in it because the outcomes are being monitored through that sort of billing data process is important. At the same time, most of these overall scoring systems really don't have nearly as much emphasis on the process data. Meaning, is the hospital doing the right steps to provide great care? That's very underrepresented in these scorecards. You tend to see at the end of the day, did the patient have a complication? Did the patient die? Did the patient get readmitted? It's much more of these, called the lagging indicators, the stuff that happens kind of at the end of the trail. And it really underrepresents, hey, did we actually take the right steps along this trail to keep ourselves safe and move toward our destination? That's what we don't see as much in these scorecards. So this is starting to make sense to me, but among our peers, and obviously our peers want to do what's very best for our patients, but how does a quality leader use plain English to describe how to collect useful metrics and make sense of them in our reporting? 
Well, that's a pretty critical question. And so I guess look at it this way. At the end of the day, we have to keep track of the end of the trail metrics, right? Because that's what gets reported out. The mortality rates, the complication rates, the readmission rates, those are all the things that are being reported out. We have to keep our eye on that ball. And to let our folks within our organizations to be able to say, listen, we're going to let you know about, hey, what's your outcome metrics, how these make sense. But at the same time, you think about it. If you just go to a group of physicians, for example, and say, hey, your sepsis mortality is too high. Mm -hmm. And then you stop there, right? The problem is to tell providers at the end of the day that kind of an outcome metric without a lot of information around it to tell them sort of what's driving that number. At the end of the day, just the simple mortality number, that lagging metric isn't particularly helpful. So I always make the point is when you're having these conversations and telling with your physicians, sure, start with that end in mind. Start with saying, yeah, your sepsis mortality is too high. But it's important to right away be able to pivot and say, okay, based on the science, based on what we know, what provides great care for our patients, what are the steps we need to take? In the example of sepsis, what are those bundle elements we need to deliver consistently and how are we doing on those things? And if you can break it down to simply say, in order to drive the outcome we want, which is decreased mortality, we've got to do these five or six things consistently. Now you give all the folks in the organization a very, very tangible set of metrics to pursue, of steps to take that can drive the outcome we're trying to achieve. So what does Vizian have to offer to help with this process? Well, again, with Invisian, we had the experience of working with thousands of hospitals around the U.S. and really looking at this data in depth. So it gives us really two levels. One is we can really provide a very, very in-depth look at those end-of-the-trail metrics, what happened in terms of things like mortality and readmissions and complications. We can do that in a risk-adjusted basis with appropriate comparisons to peer hospitals. So we can absolutely put a good context and understanding around those end-of-the-day metrics. But at the same time, Tom, our teams over the last really 30 years have worked in pretty much every possible area around the hospital in terms of quality improvement. So our teams are very, very experienced in understanding what are the leading indicators, what are the process steps that go into driving those great outcomes at the end of the day. So that's really a lot of the work that we do right now in hospitals is coming in and start with saying, yeah, listen, what your outcomes look like. Let's talk more about what you and your teams are doing day to day. We know best practices. We can say, listen, best sepsis care looks like this around the country. Surgical outcomes, heart failure management. This is what great institutions around the country are doing to achieve great outcomes. We can work with the hospitals then to understand where their deficits today. And then sometimes hospitals say, hey, great, we've got it. You know, We understand where we need to work on. They can take it themselves. Or a lot of times hospitals will say, hey, listen, we need some more help here. Help us, support us, coach us as we move really toward implementing those best practices in our organization. And often pushback we get is that there's a huge staffing issue, there are issues with margins. Then again, many organizations or many payers are paying for quality. So what's the ROI? Well, Tom, it happens at multiple levels. So one, clearly there is a movement toward paying more for quality. That's not consistent. That doesn't happen everywhere with every single patient every time, but that's where the trend is moving today. Make the point is there's really no hospital that's going to survive in the future really staking their future on basically providing lousy care. Mm-hmm. That is not a business model that's going to be supportable in the future. So that's number one. You got to move toward a quality product if you're going to survive in this market. But number two, in the short term, it turns out if you do the math, really good quality actually is, especially in a hospital setting, is much less expensive than bad quality. So if you focus on quality, if you deliver quality consistently, really the internal costs go down, your resource utilization goes down. And especially in this day where staffing in hospitals is such a challenge. We know that. So many hospitals are strapped because they can't get enough nurses. They can't really mobilize a lot of the beds they have available because they haven't got the staff to really reduce the problems, reduce the complications, reduce really the length of stay associated with those issues and the resources associated with those bad outcomes. And really, it frees up capacity in hospitals. So we can make the point, hey, listen, less complications a day is going to save you money because you won't have those basic variable expenses associated with that. But on top of that, those patients get out of the hospital faster. That means you're going to have more capacity to bring in more patients. And because of the fact that you have a better product, your reputation 
reputation is going to spread in the community. So more patients are going to be coming to your door. So there's multiple, multiple ROIs associated with better quality. Some very measurable, hey, I'm going to put 100 more surgeries into my hospital next year that I'll get paid for. But beyond that, those reputational things that we call the soft dollar ROIs that are also hugely important to this conversation. Rick, many organizations around the country are asking you to come in and reevaluate their quality structure. What would you say are just things you basically look at or suggest for organizations to reexamine about the way they look at quality? Well, Tom, that's a fantastic question. Because if you think about it, for an organization to really be successful and really to sustain that success in terms of quality, you got to think about really two things. One is really what are the most important metrics to focus on? In other words, how are we going to really prioritize from the thousands of areas we could focus on really to that narrow group of, say, 20 to 30 that are the most important in terms of the stuff we got to do, the metrics specifically. But beyond that, what is the infrastructure we need to really be able to drive and sustain quality? So things like how is your quality department organized? Is it appropriately resourced? What are the folks that work in the quality department focusing on day to day? They actually get to work on quality improvement or are they stuck just doing huge amounts of data collection, which we know is a real challenge for some departments. We also look at things like, what is the executive leadership doing? We know that for an organization to really be successful when it comes to quality, you've got to have consistent daily visual leadership by that executive team coming out, being on the floors and really driving that quality agenda, driving it from the top down. That's critically important. Another one to mention, for example, is data. And we make the point, every hospital has got data. The hospitals are awash in data right now. The very question is, how are they set up as an organization to take that data, analyze it, turn it into insights, turn that insight really into meaningful change, and really how you're distributing the data out to your organization. So having data is not enough, but how you use data, how you distribute data, how people within the organization can get access to the data, those are all critical components. And it's those types of infrastructure pieces that, again, if you don't have those, it's very, very difficult to move the dots. And if you can move them, we find that without that infrastructure, Structure, hospitals can't sustain the change. Couldn't agree more. Any parting thoughts, Rick? I'll tell you, Tom, I talk to a lot of hospitals these days and they emphasize two things. One is we know that you're under a huge amount of pressure and that the pandemic has made fundamental changes to organizations that nobody's ever seen before. So there's no question we're going to acknowledge it right from the front, right from the beginning. You are under unique pressures that people haven't faced before. But that said, this is why quality becomes even more imperative to organizations. There's no other single thing you can do in a hospital that's going to really improve your bottom line financially, but also really be able to bring more people to your door, meaning patients are going to seek you out. Physicians want to be associated with high quality organizations. And at the end of the day, the way that hospitals can be successful in the future is to really leverage quality in their market. So yes, we know it's tough these days to focus on anything besides just hanging on day to day. But when you do look forward, when you do have the ability to say, what should our focus be in the future? Quality is the answer to all questions, essentially, when it comes to hospitals today. Very well done, Rick, as always. Oh, thanks, Tom. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I want to thank Rick for joining us again. And if you'd like to contact him, we put his email address in the resource section of our podcast page. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thanks so much for listening.